Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lay Film Podcast, where we talk about film and TV shows. In this latest edition, um, we will be talking about the OA uh, season two, episode three, uh, chapter three, uh, Magic Mirror. And I am your co-host, Richie, and here is my co-host, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, welcome back. Yeah. How is it going? It's been a minute? Uh, it's been a minute for our recording. Hopefully this will be seamless for the audience. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we took quite a bit of break, but we are back now. I think we are recording at the perfect time. Um, it is uh, winter, and... I don't know. The show kind of gives you that like winter, um, cozy kind of feel, uh, especially with this episode. We uh, are reacquainted with uh, the gang from uh, season one, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think like because the first season began in like it premiered in December, it kind of feels. Like we're back there again. Yeah, it's very gray, uh, very cold feeling, which I think ties in the other stuff characters say, especially about where certain characters are. But yeah, it does have a Christmas feel. There's a church. Uh, everything's overcast at the start. Yeah, things are just not looking good back in Michigan, <laughs> back in Crestwood. And um, unlike season one, we are moving to, or we are like kind of uh, migrating to different locations this time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are back with um, the introduction in which we see that Prairie uh, has had her uh, funeral. She has died. She is no longer with us. Um, but we are back with Steve and Jesse and how they're dealing with the, the aftermath of the shooting. And we get a reunion with Buck and French. Uh, it's good to see everyone back again. It, it warms my heart to see them all back together. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, how how did you feel about this reunion? Uh, I know it took about what three up ep- the third episode to finally get everyone back again. Yeah, because we had we had Buck, we had some of him in his room, real briefly. But uh, yeah, it was really it was really great to open on Prairie with a uh, little detail I liked is uh, I don't know if they. I, I'm having a hard time remembering now, but they had like a a young prairie image. Am I oh correct? yes. Yeah. Did we have uh, that in season one? Uh are you talking about the photo of her smiling and like it has the, the year she was born yeah, and whatnot? I, I think it's like clearly a high school. Yes. It's meant to be her in high school when she first went missing. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell like that's uh, you know the younger version, like the um, 
before she uh what's it called bloomed into this mm. uh <laughs> this swan that we know her to be now right yeah which was it was like a it felt like a little reaffirmation that they got more money or i don't know what exactly not i don't know money but like they decided now to like okay we gotta like it made sense in her flashbacks or in her memories to have the brit player exactly the same yeah because you're not going to find a similar actress to play you know if it's your role that you've created for your original massive endeavor script right but yeah it's just like a fun it was a fun little detail i noticed at the start i was like oh it's you know that does look like a child version of prairie or like a, a young teenager whatever 15 16 right no they definitely did a good job of having all these different um looks and appearances for uh prairie and oa and nina right they have a very distinct and unique look to each version of her um and yeah we we are reminded of um oa and her version just her other version right her subversion i would say mm-hmm. um but yeah we get everyone back again and we do get some skepticism from french uh after having a recap of the shooting and how everyone's making sense of it all and french is trying to make sense of it saying you know he's pretty much saying that it's all a coincidence that she stood there uh, at that exact spot where she got shot. She was mentally ill and Steve is the, the only, well, Steve is the, the vocal one who's saying that, uh, you know, it's, it happened for a reason and that she, she hopped dimensions and they need to go find her and they, they need to do the movements again and, and get to her. <clears throat> I I like I like the growth inherent in Steve's character continuing uh, with the intro of him like f- like flooring it down the highway at night. It's a good intro to like reintroduce Steve as like you know he still still has that hot blooded nature like he's like or his his anxiousness to return to the OA is so strong he's just like flooring it away from her funeral. Uh, and Jesse's a little freaked out that he pulled over. But uh, yeah, everyone's kind of aware of what happened to him. So the cop gives him a warning. And then uh, so I was, I was a little scared at first. So it's like, oh, no, it's like Steve regressing because of losing the way. But I uh, know it right. turns out he's still very open. Uh, his growth is a positive one. I'm happy to see him return. And he's like, come on, guys. We got to do this. Yes. And then French is being very annoying. <laughs> And not, and I'm happy I was right about the books. Literally, don't mean anything directly. French, it could just be books, or it could just be you know, like she's interested by that stuff because it parallels her experience. Right. Um. Yeah. We we get. Yeah. Steve is essentially steering the ship for the um, this Michigan Five, right? Yeah. Along with so, his. Uh, girlfriend angie say he's still not the best at it he's still 
kind of right. rough around the rough around the edges. He <laughs> says stuff he shouldn't be saying directly right away. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit uh, scatterbrained because you know he, he's an emotional character, right? Where French is the the logical one, and um, once everyone kind of comes to their senses, kind of have a balanced outlook on things, um, they devise a plan, right? To um, connect themselves to, um, well, whatever it is that is inhabiting itself within Buck's mirror. Because Buck is saying that he saw Rachel, or he heard Rachel uh, singing. And, um, yeah, and and Jesse asked Buck uh, what was Rachel singing. And Buck gives, uh, you know... He shows the group the the uh, sample of what uh, Rachel was singing, and this is like all right after they got to meet it with uh, BBA, right? Because we get to see Betty Brodick Allen once again, who is a another key member of uh, the Michigan Five. Yes, very important dream, which connects to the themes of the season uh, that we see the gang leaving the funeral minus BBA because she's uh, getting ready to. Head out of town forever. But we do get like a great dream sequence of her. That's uh, kind of pushing horror. I, I, I like that this episode pushes the horror. You know, it's a little not, it's not refreshing because it would imply the show has gone stale, which it hasn't. It's just like I was not expecting like this much horror in this episode or that this much mm. horror feeling. Yeah, there's there's a certainly a sense of dread, sense of yes. the unknown, still. And um, BBA, yeah, she's having these. I guess, well, I would interpret it as a premonition because she had a nosebleed, right? Just like um, OA did, and in, um, in part one, in which uh, every time she had a premonition, she had a nosebleed. So, I'm assuming this is a premonition. Do you uh, do you agree? I agree. Or I figured it could be like Homer. Homer from the. Uh, Homer from the uh, the same timeline, the Michigan timeline or the Mich- mm-hmm. Michigan dimension. Because he has apparently not re. Oh, what's it, what's it? He has he has not rejoined. Or maybe he's laying dormant in himself in the San Francisco dimension. That's why mm-hmm. I, if I had to gamble, that's like it could be Homer from Michigan trying to reach across the veil as he's laying dormant. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, it could be the uh, member of the OA's five that has the uh, spirit connection or bond, much like Buck has the Rachel. It could be... Right. It could be BBA's connection to. That's where I'm struggling because it was a ma- it was a male silhouette. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Renata has a connection to uh, one of the male members. That's why I assume Homer. <laughs> and uh, but she interprets as Theo, or it could just be Theo guiding her along. I'm I'm still pretty open to it, but right. again, the nosebleed implies there's a direct significance and at first that's what i thought the uh rachel was trying to communicate to them 
that they need to find BBA because she's having these uh, dreams that are clearly of insignificance. Right. I'm loving this, uh, these uh, conspiracy theories, the Pat conspiracy theory. We should, uh, we should introduce that every time you're about to have a, <laughs> your theories no, uh, come into that's play. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> There's five an episode. Hey, I'd be all down for that to, to listen to every uh, conspiracy theory, see which ones land, which, one, uh, which ones miss. But, uh, you know, I like to think that you, you've been hitting on quite a few notes. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they realized that the the notes that Rachel was um, humming, you know, or singing to Buck uh, as uh, BBA. So now they got to go and get the mirror, right? Because it was um, essentially tossed away by her, her parents. Uh, or I'm sorry, his parents. Um and yeah, Buck has to. Uh, Buck and the gang has to look at the mirror. And they travel a couple hours to, I, I believe it's Gary, yeah. right? And yeah, they they stumble upon um some, what's the word? Like serendipitous encounters. They, they're like having like all this luck happen to them because uh they they found the mirror and and they figure that they have to wait all night to um for rachel to come to them mm-hmm. so this person who overhears their conversations offers them uh, uh, some sanctuary so that they can uh, take the mirror there and and wait it out um yeah oh when i when i first watched this episode i'm like that's very strange that this person is just offering to help them but b- because like their whole ordeal was um i I would guess uh pretty widespread like uh, a lot of people know about this michigan five and what they did Uh, you know it it was a pretty uh crazy situation um yeah and and i also forgot to mention like you know french meeting up with abel again we got to see uh scott wilson return Mm. um you know uh bless his soul uh Terrific actor. We're going to see uh, him come back for, uh, for told, one scene. Told Frenchie's wrong. About the yes, books. that's how we find out. Yeah, how, yeah. Why, the, why he was wrong about the books. Um, so it essentially tells us that, I, I guess, um, what's his name? Uh, Reza Ahmed's character, Rahim. Is it Rahim? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he told them about, or I guess she told him her story, or at least part of it, about Homer and the Ogly Arts and whatnot, and then like near death experiences. Um, because, you know, she confided in him and she confided with the others, with the five. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that she had also told him parts of her story. Mm-hmm. Or, or he was in on it. The FBI, oh. <laughs> or not? Yes, it could have been. I think she did. Didn't she mention at least Homer? I want to say, yeah, they, they definitely talked a little bit, but not nearly as in depth as with the Michigan Five. 
Right, right. Because, oh, yeah, because I do. Oh, man. I'm trying to remember when French found the books. I know it was in the last, in the season finale of part um, one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, she finally told Abel and Nancy her story when they were back at the, the hotel. Mm-hmm. So maybe that kind of fits the timeline in which they, they decided to like purchase the books. But then again, the books were already at the house. So then I don't know. I don't know like when or how that happened, but yeah, I'm a little fumbled on the on the timeline portion. And I I think maybe she just didn't tell him about the ah, like the I'm trying to remember if it was that she told them about Hap and the other uh prisoners. Right. And what they did, but everyone's like, ha ha ha, okay, what really happened? And that's what right. they were saying. Like she never told us what really happened because she just kept talking mm-hmm. about Russian oligarchs, uh, angels, and a guy named Homer, and you know, angel of death doctor who was like, okay, then none of this happened. So uh, <laughs> she's not telling us what happened. <laughs> so there's that could be it. If I right, like it could be no, like, yeah, that, that that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, how she can kind of talk about it but not go into full detail. Or like and, they don't believe her, so it's like they're like that didn't. That's right. not what happened. You haven't told us, right? Because you know, you know what happened when when she did try to talk about it. She got she got a slap in the face by Nancy, which was not a nice thing. But yeah, they they find sanctuary, and then um, yeah, we we kind of have some tension in this episode between French and Steve, kind of like back in part one. Attention is still there, um, but I think the actors do such a good job. Uh, Patrick Gibson and, and uh, Brandon Perea, uh, they pretty much headline this episode um, early on, uh, along with Ian Alexander as Buck. And um, yeah, I think I think the whole cast, man, they they do such a good job because we don't get we don't get the other part of the storyline. We don't get. Um, you know, uh, Kareem Washington, we don't get away. Uh, this whole episode is just focused on the Michigan Five. And, well, plus Angie. And um, it, it is a bit jarring. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but... It was fun. It's fun to be back. Yeah. It's, I felt, uh, I think the pace, pacing-wise, it's. I think it was... a. Uh, Especially because, like, I was at first, I was a little worried of like, okay, how long are we going to be in Michigan now, or the Michigan dimension before? Because like, we're on episode three of eight, I right. was getting a little anxious, I'm like, oh no, hold on. But they, they, it's pretty streamlined. It feels, although it still does touch on a great, uh, it, it touches on great themes that are connected to the uh, this new season and the San Francisco dimension. It touches on great themes in there, as well as uh, giving us character growth. As well as, you know, it's just, it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't upsetting to be back. I'm curious about the San Francisco dimension and everything there. But I just, I have like, I feel it in my bones, which I think is a great tell of how good the show's tying everything together. Like, I felt everything this episode, like them, them, Finding Rachel 
or getting the message from Rachel and BBA's dream felt like it has a direct connection to like, you know, like, oh, maybe we don't get to see uh, Owen the detective. Like, I think that was the cliffhanger we're kind of left on. We don't get to see them, you know, catch up or, you know, he finally speaks to her. But we do get like this great stuff with uh, the Michigan Five. Why you feel you just feel in your bones that they're going to be inherently needed to uh, help the OA again. And so, like as they're you know as they're doing their little road trip, I'm like, yes, this is gonna this is very very important, and I hope it works right. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know why I'm I'm calling them the Michigan Five, but. You know, I'm sure OA fans would be like, you're not calling them Crestwood Five. Yes, Crestwood Five, Michigan Five. You know, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's all the same thing, right? Um, but yeah, it, it is good to be back because we we didn't get any information on them after the first two episodes because when I first watched um, this season, um, it did make me wonder like, man, are we going to go back there? Are we just going to continue on a new storyline in which... You know, we don't see them again. And and to see that uh, they're still involved in the story, uh, yeah, it warms my heart because I, I do wish um, for them to have a happier ending, right? Because they, they went through such a traumatic event and they, they talked about how, like, they're running, like, <laughs> pathetic lives, right? And that there's got to be something better. And I think that's what's uh, keeping uh, Steve afloat. Because uh, you know he's he's probably hoping to get out to get out of there, right? To get out of that dimension. Because he he told French, like, hey, I know you have your brothers, but you know, come on, you know, let's get real. Like, none of this matters. They're all fucked. Which is like a really tough thing to hear. But I mean, I don't know. Do you think he's yeah. right? I I think he's I think he's hit him. He's hit French with the. Uh... The observation of like, uh, you know, you're you're going to college anyways. You can, you know, you could play like a woe is me. But uh, Steve seems I don't think how I don't know if he knows how ready he is, but he seems like he's ready. Which is interesting. This is, this is a little thought I had this episode. I was like, you know, it's it's. The show kept going. Uh, what is it? the the weight this stuff has the, the interdimensionality of it all like how much you know like the first season it was like the whole season to get you know just for just to have the OA be able to leave in pursuit of Homer and the rest of the original five and a half mm-hmm. like it took a whole season for that to happen and it was like it, and then even though it was open ended of like interpretation based where French is denying it in this episode as like, no, that wasn't real. So it's great to see. It's, it's just great to think of a, the show continuing and like how much, you know, how, how a, a character transcending dimensions at like such a slow laborious method methodology would be like not a Rick and Morty laser gun. You just hop right. in the portal. And like, no, it's like they're traveling, <laughs> they're doing, they have to like find a new ritual. Mm-hmm. They have to, the, they like, 
it's not just doing the five movements. I think there may be other ways. There may be bad ways to travel. There may be good ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, not a, you know, it's not like Dragon Ball Z, right? It takes a few episodes to get the fusion going. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it takes which, way which, longer than that, which makes it rewarding. And then, yeah, the great thing is they bring in the they bring in the whole like did the they did the five movements, but then they go like you know there's power in the movements, but what about you know the uh, the stakes? There's there's so many like it just it still leaves it open. Like there's great, it's like uh when the hap and the hostages. Minus the OA traveled like he just put poison in them all. And like there's like, you know, there's like a higher stake in that when they heal the sheriff's wife. Because like haps with a gun <laughs> or whatever outside. Right. It feels like there's like a there's something beyond the movement. There's like an emotional or, you know, like a, a, a moment of crisis energy that's needed. Right. Just like the OA's travels. The OA at the end of season one travels because, uh, you know, there's like a school shooter. Uh, they kind of distract it. Then, like, she, you know, she does like the uh, Christ like allegory of sacrificing herself or, you know, dying as a, as like a payment or as a heavy commitment to be allowed to travel. Right. No, I think you're hitting on something there, Patrick, because. Every time these movements are done, they're done because with a purpose. They're done because of the of the crisis that is at hand, mm-hmm. right? And oh, that's a yeah. I never thought of it like that. Um, yeah, because they don't do it just to do it, right? They do it because there is an objective that they need to meet, mm-hmm. and something has sprung upon them in which they need to get together uh, and avert this crisis, right? Uh, that's that's a that's a really poignant observation you made there. I didn't think about before. I hope so. But yeah, um, I, I do, I, I yeah. do agree that. Uh, yeah, I think I think Steve's Steve may think he's ready, but I think he's he's like blinded by optis, optimism right now because he has an Angie a very similar uh, something he doesn't want to give up. I think. Or he'll just have complete faith of like, you know, we're soulmates. So, you know, just like the OA and Homer, me and Angie will reconnect in the next dimension. Right. I know, right? I didn't really think about that. Um, I think she's a very uh, strong addition to the group. Mm -hmm. I like her little, (laughs) her lines (laughs) talking about, uh, I I may wear the pants, but I'm not the keeper of your pants. (laughs) Like it's it's very cheesy, but like it's very like... um, it's a very OA, you know, like it's it's something that would be said of this show. <laughs> that I can't envision. In, in, yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the the added uh, dimension of her character into this group. Um, and yeah, we. Uh, we get more character development, we find out more um, of French's identity. He he kind of he just leaves the group as they um, um, settle down in this church, and yeah, he he uh, essentially uses a, a hookup app to meet up with somebody, and yeah, we find out that um, about his sexuality, mm-hmm. and um, strangely enough, this uh, this encounter leads him 
to an uh to a significant uh point in the show because uh they they find out that they they're gonna go uh need to see a medium right in order to uh, connect with Rachel and um yeah the whole thing about him admitting to uh Steve about where he's been who he hooked up with I thought that was such a a sincere and genuine moment because it kind of brings them together and um Steve like prized him about oh who did you hook up with and he said well I didn't hook up with the girl and the whole like realization that Steve has is like wow you're uh you're into me man (laughs) I really love that 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 moment between them that's very endearing and uh you know it, it really shows French uh discovering himself as well as uh, then reaching out to his friends about it. Or it feels like Steve is probably the first person he's told. And it's very, right. it's very refreshing to see Steve's growth, especially from like episode one, season one. <laughs> right. Very accepting as well as, as like, he just jumps right into like friendly banter about it. He's like, oh, there's no judgments. In fact, you know what? You have a great taste in men because you clearly love me. <laughs> right yeah it's such an endearing moment and i do love that the show is again connecting this new season's uh messaging about technology to you know the old characters and it's saying stuff that <clears throat> i think is very poignant especially for how early the show is saying it like what is this 2016 again uh, the time period of where they're at is 2016, but the uh, part two came out in 2019. 19. Oh, damn. Okay. 2019. But yeah, the 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 commentary on, you know, uh, from French's character as well as uh, Jesse's, which is, uh, it's it's reflective of my own life and like my own recent discoveries. Not about my sexuality, but like, uh, like what French is up to is like I've I've I think I've I've been, I was aware of that I've heard of that happening I know someone very close to me when they were discovering their sexuality as a younger man, uh, mm-hmm. they would do very similar risky, although it's not it's not inherently risky but because of like you know you have to hide some people feel the need to hide their identities. And you get the feeling that I forget the character's name that uh, French goes with. Uh, shoot, I had forgotten his name too. Um, yeah, I don't know, handsome man. Yes, uh, he goes with some, <laughs> with some uh, handsome gentleman. the The only alarming thing about them is just the uh, that gentleman is clearly older than French by a, a good amount. He has like gray hair. Yes, I think his name but... is. Handley, Handley, or something. I don't know if they've ever like actually name dropped him. But, yeah, because uh, he has like a he has a username, right? In the in the app, like I think it has come in it. <laughs> I'm serious. It does. I remember like, reading it. But yeah, I they they touch on the themes of like you know like the dynamics of that community, as like the right. like the the character who comes and picks up French for their hookup. He has like, you know, he's wearing a baseball cap and like a jacket 
almost with a collar up. He's very hidden about it. And they go to his place and he has like, you know, country aesthetic, like knives on the wall and like a deer. Mm -hmm. And like it shows like he's clearly hiding his sexual identity. For some reason. I think he has like this, these he has like these more conventional. Like straight masculine, like buck knives and all this other stuff. Doesn't Mm -hmm. really communicate his sexuality, but like, you know. The fact he felt like he was hiding it when he was coming to pick up French is like touching on those themes of like, you know, the dynamics of those relationships and the easy access the apps give you. But thankfully right. for French, it's a very positive experience. And right. Especially, you know, yeah, he's hooking up with someone who, you know, has an obvious distinct uh, age gap. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it's like risky. and then you think, yeah. yeah. It's hookup culture. There's the dynamics of the older and the younger. French is literally from out of town. No one knows where he is because he snuck away. <laughs> like, there's somebody right. who could have gone wrong, but thankfully he doesn't because the, uh, you know, there's good people obviously everywhere. Right. It's it's like this this uh this event, right? That uh, this situation. This scenario that happened to them almost kind of gave them good fortune in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they they're just continuing to like, uh, yeah, meet people that will that are helping them reach their main objective, right? They say, yeah, they say they live in the shit dimension, or Steve does, or French, but there's like a, there's like an OA phenomenon, which could be like a meta thing, maybe. But there's definitely in the Michigan dimension, like because like right. everyone they run into has had a positive, you know, resonation. Something's resonated with them from the uh, the news story of OA and the five stopping the school shooting. You know, people who want to believe in, you know, higher power or faith or whatever it is, the magic of the world. They're definitely, uh, you know, prone to then accept and help. Uh, our main characters, it feels like. So the always positive influence continues beyond her life in that dimension. Right. Yeah, she's, you know, sending these people their way, right? Whether it's um, Handley or um, Sonia, who's the worker at the Goodwill, or, um, you know, even uh, Aunt, Aunt Lily, right? Yeah. Who, um, who they go and meet um, because they need to, um, yeah, talk to Rachel or connect with her somehow. And um, before they go, before they, they do all that, though, I, I like the fact that we're we're getting more um, bits of Jesse's character development. Yeah. He has a the few second, lines here and there. Yeah, and the second thing, I mean, I don't want to just focus on yeah. French's situation. Sure. With the uh, negative connotations of the social media age. Jesse is the thing I've learned about recently because I've never, you know me, I'm like a teetler. I abstain <laughs> from a lot of all stuff. Uh, the most I do is drink a little bit, which is not good for me either. But yeah, I've, I I did not know anything about the Snapchat. Like I'd heard from someone recently. It's like, oh yeah, there's there's like an app called Whisper. There's like an app called Snapchat. There's like another app. 
that's like expressly wait pat you didn't know anything about snapchat before i knew about snapchat (laughs) and like the nude sense like the sexting sense i didn't know about (laughs) it and like the uh as like a rich resource to communicate with drug dealers and like have a Mm, secure mm. channel to like set up meetings for right. the exchange of drugs and you know money right. you see jesse doing yeah dang yeah, maybe I, i'm getting old or something but yeah i yeah before it's snapchat and now it's like fucking like you said um whisper and and whatsapp yeah right um <laughs> when i heard about that i remember how upsetting it was like you know, I'm 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 a teetler, but like certain things, like you know, like a mushroom, I'm open to that. It's a mushroom, like it's not like a, it's not like a synthetic, uh, anything with bleach in it. Anything you have to mainline. That's where I start getting very alarmed with what is being, you know, slung, and the negative connotations it has on society as well as individuals' as mental health. As well as, you know, it's like a reflection of our uh, immediate decline. Uh, it connects to the opioid crisis, which I felt was very intentional with Jesse's character. Right. That he's getting oxycodone. Um, yeah, he's like taking money <laughs> from oh, yeah, the church. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I forgot that detail. Yeah, so, you know, always blessing Jesse with this church where you get all this, you know, <laughs> these donations are helping him feed his uh, addiction. He's going astray. <laughs> French is growing. Steve has grown. I think we still have... I think Buck's grown a lot as well. I think we're getting some Jesse uh, going astray, which is, you know, the room for growth. As well as uh, I think BBA and her dreams, hopefully has a uh, some resolution for her because she's grown. They've all grown, but uh, now that the OA is absent, it feels like there's some new growth they can do, and I'm rooting for them. Yeah, um, yeah, because in this dimension, everyone's sad and melancholic and you know the fact that there um there is some hope here mm-hmm. for the gang even though like yeah jesse is buying drugs and you know french is like hooking up with men who are like could be his dad um i think french yeah, is like, good <laughs> his is like a positive growth i think just <laughs> is the one <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, in in a way, halfway, like you know, he's discovering his his identity, or like he's revealing his identity, right? But um, yeah. you know, hookup culture is still not very, especially for the young mind, right? It's not. I don't think it's a healthy thing to do um, at that age, or I mean, I don't know any age really. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a risk, but it's a. I think he doesn't have that. It's it's not ideal, but I don't think he I don't think he was out in high school. His character, I don't think he felt like he could be. So it's you know it's it's a necessary uh, avenue for his self discovery. Which you know there is 
just like in all hookup culture, there is an exploitative factor to it all, especially on dating apps and all that, you know, like they meet exclusively to hook up. There's no, at the start, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of a direct emotional connection that happens after, which, you know, resonates that it was a positive uh, avenue for French's discovery versus Jesse's more negative avenue of discovery where, you know, a, a, a guy shows up and he's like, oh, you want Oxycontin? Here you go, man. <laughs> and Jesse's clearly like, is he going to kill me? And he's like, just take one, man. It's all good. <laughs> here's, here's your, yeah. And I like that it's Oxycontin because, again, you know, here's your here's your your pharmaceutical drug that's less, has less negative connotations. What, what, do, you, what do you know about Oxycontin? Uh, huh? <laughs> I don't, I don't think. I think when I broke my arm, it's the only time I've really had anything crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's uh, I don't know, I don't know. You broke your arm. I uh, a while back, yeah. Damn. I uh, ooh, no. Um, fun fact: I broke my arm too, but that I was way too young to to remember that. So luckily, I don't ever have to know the pain. <laughs> Mine was high school, and you know, arm breaking hurt. But like the one of the crazy things is the uh, when they had to reline my bone manually, they gave Ooh. me like sh- straight morphine. Before they had two nurses come in and like line up my arm. Oh my like, god, Ooh. I'm cringing right now. My my toes are cringing. No, but the, <laughs> the insane thing is that the morphine is it's scary. Just that one experience was enough to scare me straight again. Of like yeah. it's like to be able to take that amount of pain with it like. You know, it just felt it didn't hurt as much as my arm being broken. And they were like literally moving my bone back in position. Oh, my God. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a scary thing to like. Lose. I felt like I lost control of myself too much. Too fast. Right. I was very alarmed. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got through that experience. And, you know, I hope that Jesse can get through whatever he's experiencing here. Right. Yes, he's showing um, a lot of alarming signs. Yes, you know, especially when Buck is getting uh, the call from his mom, and he, he mentions, "Hey, it's a uh, you know nice to have a mom, right?" Because as we know, um, I believe his his mom, com- uh, Jesse's mom, committed suicide, um, based on what he mentioned back in uh, part one to his mm-hmm. sister. Or friend, or sister, right? Um, yeah. Sister, yeah. And the, the father abandoned them, I want to say, before? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, we get to Aunt Lily's house, but before we get there, uh, they accidentally broke the mirror because uh, Steve runs over a stray animal. Possum, yeah. And, yeah, a possum. And... Yeah, and we see Jesse um, providing mercy for the possum, and um, yeah, it, it sure feels. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think to the. I can. He he seems numbed, like how he is a, uh, mean to Buck indirectly. I don't think he meant to be, but he's like doing like a slight scolding 
or like a, a resentment, a resentful comment to seeing Buck hang up the, his mom's calls. He's like, oh, just write the voicemail. Mm-hmm. And Jesse's just like, oh, I wish, you know, it must be nice or, you know, just very, very like, you wouldn't say that to a friend unless you're like being mean about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Or and, he's just in his feelings, you know, like, oh man, you know, we are running away from home and, oh, hey, look, uh, I guess it's nice to have a mom check up on you, huh? You know? But yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly cool. mean because, like, the mom, they, they're clearly, like, kind of softly running away from home. Like, their mom is concerned and Buck is concerned about, you know, probably upsetting his parents. And he's just like, haha, I don't have that. <laughs> he has, like, a right. numb feeling, just like when he's, uh, he's doing the right thing and uh, mercifully ending the possum. But it's like, I think the old Jesse would have had a harder time doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a numb energy of like, you know, I think Steve or French could have took on that burden for Jesse. Mm-hmm. But he's like taking up, he's like taking it upon himself to like, it feels like he's not, he's not directly forcing it, but he feels like he's numb. So he's like, he's able to do it. He hesitates a tiny bit, but he still does it. It's like, oh no, Jesse, I thought, you know, you seem like a very sweet kid. You seem like it would have been harder. Like that, that'd be hard, hard as hell for me to do what he does. Right. And I related to Jesse. It's like, oh, I think he's a, I think he'd have a hard time too. But it's, it's those damn, it's those damn drugs. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that we get more, even though it's like sprinkled here and there. We get more of Jesse's like development and just all these interactions. Really. Um, speak volumes to his character and what he's going through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even from the first scene when they're getting pulled over and he mentioned like, man, we're so, we're, we're very lucky, right? Mm-hmm. And Steve says, hey man, luck has nothing to do with it, but I don't know, just that, the look on his face, like you can already tell from, from the start that something is going on with him. Yeah. And, he doesn't um, believe in the OA effect. Yeah, it seemed like, uh, Right, it seemed like the effect had, didn't have any on him, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, or he's, you know, he's lost another maternal figure, which is probably not good for him. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, maybe that hit him harder. It, it seemed like it hit it hit him harder than than anybody in the group. And he's hiding it. But yeah, Angie notices. Just great little framing device. Yes. While everyone else is very concerned about the mirror, Angie notices uh, Jesse's slow mercy killing of the possum. Slow in that yeah. he's, it take, he takes time to do it because he's, you know, he's going through it. Yes, he is. And, um, yeah, it seemed, hopefully, you know, cross our fingers that, uh, yeah. It uh, bad won't be too much for him to carry, yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, we get to Aunt Lily's because uh, it seemed like all hope was lost, right? The mirrors broke, broken, mm-hmm. and um, you know, everyone's feeling down. And so we get there at first. Uh, uh, Aunt Lily was hesitant on bringing them in because 
uh, she says that uh, bringing in that mirror and mm-hmm. me- means that uh, Rachel would try to um, uh, re- reside and, and yeah attach herself in, in any of the mirrors in the house. So they all um, rush to cover the mirrors in a panic. And, you know, at first she's like, you know what? You guys got to go. You guys got to go. Unless you buy the deluxe package. <laughs> so like BBA it. is our savior. Says, you know what? Without hesitation, yes, let's do the deluxe package. Um, oh, my car. You know, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's there to lose, right? Um, yeah, and also like BBA, she's moving and, and, she has to like reroute her destination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's also putting forth a lot of sacrifice to get here along with the, the kids, right? And um, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that she is the almost like the glue that's holding them together, both she and Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like uh, everyone has their part and... and and holding them together. And, and I feel like BBA and Steve are at the forefront of that. Um, Currently, I think the beauty of them being at the forefront is that it allows our other characters uh, a beautiful room to step forward. And, you know, that's what I love about good, good shows, good movies, the, the uh, you know storytelling as a whole is uh, the uh, catharsis when uh, I'm trying how to articulate this when a character steps to the plate and meets their destiny. It's like affirming. I feel, and the show has a lot of that. I feel like, which is it resonates with me. Yeah, I'm glad there's a a bit of everything that we can take away from this episode, right? Um, you know, as a as a teenager, I used to be really into like ghost hunting <laughs> and like trying to connect with like the other dimension. So, um, yeah, it brings me back to those days, and uh, you know, never anything crazy like this episode where yes, they do connect with Rachel, um, and and. Uh, yeah, Rachel connects with them through the uh, the black mirror on the TV. Yeah, I was gonna say a little black mirror. <laughs> yes, or and we get all kinda. these. Yeah, black mirror nod. We get nods to like the descent. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen the descent mm. uh, horror film. Yes, where she's all the climbing through blood. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, wheel of fortune, and like just all these like little tidbits. Blues clues, uh, blues clues, like that. That was such a clever um, uh, scene, like how they put all that together to communicate mm-hmm. to them. Like, I wonder how long it took them to like compile all that, uh, all that footage to uh, properly, yeah, signify w- what the message is. And um, yeah, they they. Yes, it is very uh, unnerving and also intriguing at the same time. It's like almost, uh, yeah, uncanny. You're like, wow, like I don't, I don't want you to go, but you have to, you know. <clears throat> you like, like, you can't help not to look away. Yeah, part of it is like, is that is are we sure that's Rachel, guys? Are we sure? Because <laughs> <laughs> in the mirror is more direct. 
And then I love the, uh, we didn't, I didn't touch on it. I love the, I, I love this new season. Uh, very powerful. I'm trying to think of the word. Like narrative setting. Like when they go to Gary and they hook up with a Sonia. Mm-hmm. And Sonia takes her to the church and she's like, you guys can stay in the cathedral and they put the mirror. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, it's like a from season one, like this is like a powerful concept of like they, you know, they they they're staying the night at an old church or a cathedral with a mirror that they think. Uh, you know, a messenger from the original angel is in as like, oh, this is, you know, it's a great, great, great plot. Not plot, like great setting. I was very excited. I wanted like beautiful choir music when Rachel returned that night. Which we didn't get. And then instead we get the scary TV phenomenon where it's like, it has to be Rachel, but I'm still scared. Because <laughs> like, well, it's going to be talking to them and knowing everything. Right. And, and and we know that it is Rachel, right? Because Rachel always had a connection to Buck, right? Yes. Uh, back in, in, in part one. In the mirror, and, you know, maybe, yeah. We see her yes. too. The TV. Mm-hmm. Who is in the TV? It could be the it could be the person from VBA's dreams entrapping her. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, Pat, yeah. Pat's conspiracy theories kicking in. I don't think um, so because the I think there's the, <laughs> the message was trying to help them reach the OA. Right. But like, you know, right, it could, and could be some evil. It could be the, they could <laughs> be separating them slowly, so they can be removed in the new dimension by Hap or the, you know, the deep state FBI. <laughs> Dream Warriors, <laughs> the Astral Projection Projection Squad of the, uh, what's the what's the secret? <laughs> Damn it, I I ruined it. But yeah, you know. Oh right, that was your uh your conspiracy th- that's theory. Still, like that's that. that's still so real. <laughs> I I would I'll argue to the death that that's where the show was going. I was. <laughs> Because what we got like an Elon Musk character, we got the evil tech technocracy. Who do they work with? Mm-hmm. The government. Who does the NSA work with? All the app providers and developers and the the uh, you know the, the right. manufacturers of the internet sphere as a whole. They know how to get everything everywhere because they work together. <laughs> Who's to say they're not doing that with like you know? higher planes of existence mm. if they could they would so i believe they are those are uh really great theories there uh maybe it'll check out uh by the end of the season oh, um, i don't want to wait for season three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hopefully and maybe it'll come it'll come back one day hopefully this is doing this will uh you know, open more eyes to to the OA, and that they need to watch it. Um, very slept on. Yeah, very very slept on. I'm glad you're watching this with me. Um, and yeah, they're they're opening uh, BBA's eyes because um, you know she's very important. 
she's very integral to what's happening here. And so, yeah, she touches the TV screen because, uh, oh, oh, and also the, the rose window. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, appears mm-hmm. and she touches scared. it. Yes, and it cracks, and yeah, the episode is over. So it's signifying that something about that house is very inter- integral to the story as a whole. So we will see what's actually there, um, why that window is is important, and why BBA needs to go. And, um, yeah. And she's, she's uh, gone. I believe she's already gone. <laughs> I don't know if that means uh, the BBA in the Michigan dimension just collapsed and died. Or maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe a wandering. I don't know. I think we'll get the answer maybe now to what happens when you just up and leave. Like uh, yeah. Hap and the gang did. Well, the ha- Hap and the gang, again, took a poison. So no matter what, I think they died. But their selves, may- their selves clearly moved on. So I wonder if BBA is going to... Her soul's going to move on? Like, is is another... Is a rogue BBA soul going to enter current BBA? <laughs> or is, is a cost of leaving that you're, you know... You just die. Like BBA could have like a cardiac arrest, and it could be. Oh man, of... hope not. Crossing our fingers, right? I don't know. It could... <laughs> she is older than the rest of the crew, so it'd be. You'd kind of go like, ah, maybe, maybe the whole thing was too much and it scared her. That'd be very annoying if a character was like, oh, she just had a heart attack. She was scared. This isn't real. Right. I'd feel like no. <laughs> you, you saw the TV. Yeah, and then we'll never know what's up with her dreams. I, I think we'll know because she's clearly going somewhere. But I think <laughs> I don't know what's right. going to happen to the body. The soul lives on. Yeah, it's going to turn into a horror film on their end, right? Where each person's getting picked off one by one. Yeah, they're going. Uh, that that red that red glass thing was evil. <laughs> right, oh, a hell portal. Yeah, no, the angels. cinematography done in this episode was so, so strong. Um, just visually, uh, especially when Buck was walking down the hallway, you get Buck's silhouette and you get the red lighting in the background. Like, that was very, um, uh, oh, yeah. very well done cinematography wise. And then um, being back in Michigan and like the, uh, the, the, the season 108 energy of like, was it just because I wear the pants in the relationship doesn't mean I know, I know where your pants are or I'm keeper of the pants? Mm. Like those right. little, those little genuine lines, I think, is help set up for the, uh, you know, the spinning blood mirror shot to have weight. I love that they, uh, you know, the little, the more humorous aspects and more genuine aspects really elevate. Mm-hmm. The uh, the more spiritual higher plane stuff that comes in because it makes you know you're grounded with those lines, and then you're seeing you know something, uh, you know something magical happen. And I'm looking forward to Irene Jacobs 
joining <laughs> the show. Joining the fray. Yes. Yes, because uh, I was thinking about it last night after watching the episode. Uh, I love, I love Irene Jacob as an actress. I love her films she's in with uh, uh, Kalawowski. I think I may be butchering his name. But uh, have have you seen? I think I've recommended them every time we talk about her. The uh, Three Colors trilogy, as well as the Double Life okay. of Veronique. I, I have not yet, but I, I want to watch them very soon because, uh, <clears throat> yes, her appearance will be coming up closer than you think, maybe. So okay. I'm, I'm very yes. excited. Yes. And I didn't if there's say, a time to introduce her character, it should be coming up very soon before the halfway mark, right? <laughs> yes. If she's going to be important, she needs to get in here. And then I yes. think uh, I, I brought that up as a whole thing, too say i was reflecting on this current episode and those films that irene jacobs in uh you know i think there's i think you mentioned like there's clearly an inspirational aspect but i would say again like uh there's like a there's a very clear very very clear connection in like i don't know how to say it but like the three colors trilogy and the last, the finale of that stars Irene Jacob. Uh, the whole, the whole trilogy, as well as those films by that same director in the Double Life of Veronique. It does touch on that great thing that the OA very much touches on for me, and like the magical realism, without it being like a Del Toro film where there's like direct magic. Mm. Even though I do love mm. those as well, like the OA touches on that perfect that perfect perfect magical realism where it's always deniable but it's always real to the viewer like no it is there is magic there is higher stuff in our lives and and in the lives of the films the characters inhabit in the world they live in which is parallel to our own and that i love about uh i, I don't want to say his name again because i'm a butcher it but that famous polish french director we did the Double Life of Veronique and the Three Colors trilogy. I'd recommend that to anyone who likes the OA because it hits the same notes. And I look forward to the next episode when I get to see my new OA wife, Irene Jacob, join the fray. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I want to check out those films. Um, hopefully before we even finish the uh, this series... Um, just so I can see all the, um, the inspirations and, and, and the, uh, how it compares, how the themes compare to, to each other. Because uh, I, I have a strong feeling that uh, they picked her for a reason for this role. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to get introduced to uh, her character. Um, and yeah, uh, some uh, little... Some tidbits before we end this episode. Uh, I would like to say um, rest in peace to Scott Wilson, um, who passed away uh, having this show be his last role. So he, this was his last role. And um, yeah, I, th I think he's a terrific actor, Walking Dead, uh, OA. Um, and one of the, the writers for this episode, uh, Dominic Orlando, passed away uh, late last year around this time actually in november um yeah 
Dominic Orlando, rest in peace. Uh, Nikki Peluga wrote this episode, and um, yeah, this episode was directed by uh, Andrew. Hey, hi. I'm sorry. Uh, probably saying it wrong, but yeah, uh, that was I. That was the first time I noticed that uh, Zal Batmanglish did not direct uh, all episodes of this uh, season, in which he did all of last season. He took a back seat in writing and, and producing. And um, yeah, that's about it for our little trivia. And um, I'm glad you really liked this episode, Patrick. I really liked this episode as well. I like all the characters that were introduced. We're always introduced to some pretty interesting and unique people in this world. And I'm glad that we are able to catch up with the gang again. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully they're still in good spirits when we check back in with them. Mm. So again, thank you everyone for continuing to support our podcast and support us in talking about this show. Um, again, I'm your co-host, Richie. This is my co-host, Patrick. Um, this has been a, been really fun to talk about. And that is it for now from uh, the OA part two, uh, chapter three, uh, Magic Mirror. So we'll see y'all again in chapter four. Until next time. Shit. What? It's almost 500 miles to Warren Williams. Would you call your mom yet? No. Did you? No.